Hey guys, Mubarak Shah, CPA here. And in this episode, I want to talk to you guys about how to go ahead and do your next seven-figure acquisition. All right, whether you haven't done a deal before or you're in private equity and this is your day job, this episode is meant for those who are interested in breaking out of their comfort zone and learning how to actually successfully buy a business. All right, if you've ever tried to start a business before, you know that there's a lot of things that come with starting a business that might not be exactly what you signed up for in the first place. You know, when you're starting, like zero to one is almost harder than any other thing that you've ever done. And essentially, there's a lot of initial mechanics that I've seen usually ends up breaking the spirit or the kind of motivation that an entrepreneur has to move forward. And so that's why, you know, also because of the industry I work in and the experience that I have, I see individuals buying businesses and this allows them to get right into an active revenue stream right away without having to, you know, start a new website from scratch and start social media accounts, you know, because if you're able to buy into an established business, that gives you such a strong stance rather than having to come up with everything from scratch. All right. The ability to actually buy a business does not require you to have six figures or seven figures in the bank already because there's certain mechanics and programs already available for those people who are looking to buy a business. And the best part about it all is that if you're actually scoping a profitable business, then you have an even easier ability and chance to do so. And the reason for that is because certain financiers, SBA loans, you know, whether you're going for equity investors, debt investors, they all rather see a business that has profitability rather than one that's taking on losses. And so if you think about, okay, I want to buy an offline business or, you know, as Cody Sanchez says, like a boring business, laundromat, vending machine, gym, you know, one of those offline pure brick and mortar businesses, then you'll actually be in a strategic advantage to be able to buy this business if it's making profit. Um, but let's, you know, let's kind of take a step back and I want to talk about, you know, the right team needed to execute any successful acquisition strategy. All right, because there's a few things that you need to put together in order to be able to kind of move forward with this. Like it's essentially referred to as your deal team. And I've done an episode prior with it with, um, Heather Andreessen from uh, Viso Business Capital, and she has been with Live Oak Bank and has been part of the SBA in the past. And so, you know, putting together the deal team is basically just the right candidates on your team to be able to go out and buy the business that you want to acquire. So you don't have to worry about this initially or putting out a lot of money because the best thing about this industry that a lot of people don't think about is that. The people that you work with, right, the accountants, the investment bank, the business broker, the uh, law, law firm for all the due diligence, everything that you need, the great thing is that they usually only require their funds at closing. And so it's not like you have to go out of pocket to do the due diligence and to, you know, look into the actual semantics of a business. Um, but we're getting, again, a little bit ahead of ourselves. So I just wanted to put that out there so that way... You know, my goal is to reduce any friction that you might have when looking to buy a business because it's actually a lot simpler than people make it sound. And there's an ability to understand if you know the general formula to buying a business. Okay. Um, 
there's just like anything else, right? When you're buying your first car, buying your first house, it all seems very intimidating and difficult the first time you're doing it. But then after you go through the process, you know that it can be done, it can be replicated. And so that's what we're going to be focusing on. All right. So any deal comes down to four main steps. All right. First step is to build your acquisition criteria. Second is to attract deal flow and figure out deal structure. The third is to raise capital and find partners. And then finally, the legal requirements, negotiating due diligence. All right. So let's start off with step one, which is building your acquisition criteria. All right. So the mainstream way to start buying businesses is one of two ways. All right. You have the old school way, which is there's no problem with it. There's people doing it. But I bet there's a lower percentage of the audience currently that is in this route, which is, you know, the longer route is to go work at a private equity fund, build your reputation for 20 years. And then when you're 45 plus, you can maybe go raise some money and start doing deals. Right. And again, not everyone can get into private equity. You usually need to have an MBA. You need to have been in finance, uh, but that's the long route. And that's probably the route that a lot of people think that is the only acceptable route to do business acquisitions. But I want to be able to demystify the ability for anybody, literally anybody, as long as, you know, this is specifically talking about the U.S., um, you know, U.S. law and following that to be able to go out and buy business. So if you have, if you really want to buy a business and you understand that, okay, Buying a business will allow me to get immediate cash flows right away, right? Your revenue streams are there. You have an established customer base. You have hopefully an established brand, right? So all of these things are pretty instantaneous that become really the real catalyst as to why you would want to be interested in buying a business in the first place. All right. So that's essentially why we even go into this, which is if you're able to figure out and kind of figure out the semantics as to which asset you want to acquire, we can discuss that. And really, we take another approach here. All right. So, you know, thinking about buying a business, you want to think about, first of all, you're buying an asset. All right. So you need to make sure that you're buying something that's actually making you money. And so whether or not you the, the type of business you go after and your acquisition criteria is super important based upon your background, your skill set and what you've done in the past. Right. So, for example, if you know that you're good at sales and marketing, then you want to be able to buy a business that actually has a good product in place, but maybe not a lot of people know about it because then you can add value to it, right? And that's the key component that you always want to think about is how can you leverage your background and your skill set? And it doesn't need to be you specifically, right? If you have access to a team, other employees, right, uh, adjacent business, right, you want to be able to use the resources that you have and the experience and skills that you have to be able to elevate this business to the next level. Now, I've been through it personally where I've bought into a business that I had no experience with in the past. You know, I went into, you know, and unfortunately, in those cases, I have lost money, right? I bought a manufacturing facility when I had no idea how to do manufacturing, and we didn't even have an industrial engineer, right? I bought a home care agency, I mean, sorry, not a home care, but a health care agency, like an urgent care, and we didn't have a proper person on the medical billing side to let us know about how that entire reimbursement and medical reimbursement and Medicaid billing, all of that works. So, you know, yes, it, you can go ahead and buy a business, but we want you to be careful and at least understand that 
you need to have the right resources either around you or the ability to acquire you know other people's skill sets or other people's time to be able to help you with this so you want to make sure you have that mindset when you're going into buy any business now again as i mentioned before you know it's a you have to treat the business as an asset right and so cheap assets still have their place uh, no, bun- no money down tools are a good tool to use if the situation merits it. But buying great assets that you're uniquely qualified to manage and oversee, that's the key. That's how people, if you think about, okay, you know, you might be a business owner now and you're probably thinking like, how the hell would I have any time to run another business? Well, that's because the business acquisition formula that we teach is the way to make sure that you can actually upgrade yourself you know, from firefighter, right? A lot of CEOs and entrepreneurs pride themselves on being the person that handles all the fires, right? But you need to upgrade yourself to fire chief, right? You don't need to run into every burning building. You don't, that's the only way that you're going to be burnt out. But instead, you need to run your organization and your mini nation or city and your group of employees and people that rely on you to provide a service that they're paying for. That is your actual responsibility, not to go put out every single fire, right? And so depending on the size of your business, we talk about basically elevating you from either CEO or chief operating officer to chairman, right? You don't need to be dealing with every single individual situation. But overall, based upon your specific background, buying into a business where you already have a lot of kind of specialties and skill sets, that is what come is the main focus on building the right investment criteria right what that does is that it gives you a clear vision because you use that criteria right um, and that might be a few different ideas right revenue size uh, I've been calling this kind of a seven-figure acquisition because in reality buying a small business is almost more difficult than buying a bigger business because when you buy a small business that doesn't have a lot of cash flow right doesn't have a lot of EBITDA or SDE Um, which is seller's discretionary earnings and basically profit, then all you're really doing is buying yourself a job. And so, you know, assuming you already have a job or assuming that you've done one in the past, you might not, that's not why we're doing this, right? We want to be acquisition entrepreneurs or investors buying a business so that we can create true wealth. And buying a small business is actually just buying yourself another job because you won't have the money or the profits to be able to go out and hire other people or fix issues by implementing softwares and systems that can help automate different parts of the business that ends up taking a lot of time. And so if you don't have that additional profit, which you probably won't unless you're looking to do a seven-figure acquisition and above, then you're just running the risk of just buying another job and being burnt out and having to do everything yourself, which is not recommended at all. Because yes, if it's your first time and you haven't ever worked in a startup or ever tried to buy a business, sure, then first go and do that. But after you've done that, you'll understand that it's a lot of work. And the only way to make yourself be successful in this space is to make sure that you're being able to put in the right operations and systems and hire the right people to be able to successfully run a business that doesn't necessarily need you handling every single situation and issue. All right, so once you have your investment criteria and we'll, you know, we'll do a whole nother episode on just kind of investment criteria because there's a lot of different factors, right? So I'm thinking industry, I'm talking 
revenue numbers, amount of employees, brand, location. Is it offline, online, right? We'll talk about that in the future episode. But step two is to attract deal flow and figuring out the right deal structure, right? So you may have heard the golden rule, he who has the gold makes the rules, right? So the great thing is that as a buyer in the acquisition world, whoever has the deal attracts the people with the gold and makes the rule. So there's a whole semanting in being able to find the deal. But once you have the deal, you're in the driver's seat. And the way you essentially, quote unquote, have a deal in this business, in this world, is when you usually have a signed letter of intent. Now, we've done episodes on that in the past, and that's definitely worthwhile to look into. There's a whole nother thing we talk about over at Deal Maven. But essentially, you know, figuring out once you have the deal, and then the deal structure is very important because every deal is structured differently based on where you're at in the business cycle and what your strategy is to manage the deal, right? This also plays into how you're going to finance the deal. So, you know, whether you're going to syndicate a deal with different investors or you're going to have a fund or you're going to use SBA debt, right? Um, And that kind of flows really right into step three, which is raising capital and finding partners, So you don't really have to worry about this step too much until you actually have a deal under contract um, because you'll actually be able to go to investors with leverage. One thing that we see in the search fund world is that, yes, the search fund investors give you money up front, and that's awesome because then you actually have the ability to... Usually what happens is that then you have the ability to go full-time on that endeavor And part of that search fund is you taking a salary out to be able to go out and buy a business. But what happens really is that, unfortunately, the economics that you end up when you're buying the business is not as favorable, which is why, and we'll link to this in the description below, self-funded searchers, meaning people who don't actually, you know, raise a search fund and instead wait until they have like a signed LOI before they go to capital investors or go to raise equity, they end up having a larger portion of the equity in the deal than somebody who has raised a uh, raised a search fund, right? Search fund economics are somewhere between you know twenty five to thirty percent of the business, and that's assuming you do everything right. Um, you know, you really just start off with eight and a half and a third percent. Then usually there's another eight and a third vesting over four or five years, and then another eight another eight and a third. Um, going to like performance benchmarks that if you hit a certain IRR or internal rate of return for your investors, then you achieve another um, benchmark. But self-funded searchers actually end up raising about or having about 50 plus percent equity in the business that they acquire. And that's a really important study. That's something that we'll talk about in future episodes. Um, So definitely, if you guys enjoyed this so far, please subscribe, you know, leave a review. It really means a lot to me because I want to make these episodes for you guys and I want to just be able to have this conversation as to how to buy businesses. So if there's anything here that I didn't cover properly, then always feel free. You know, you can text us at 516-417-4941. You can email us as support at dealmaven.io. But I just want to kind of finish this real quick, which is the fourth step is the actual negotiation and due diligence, right? So people spend a lot of time worrying about what to do with the legal requirements, negotiating, and making sure you leave like no stone unturned in diligence. But if you built your criteria properly in the first place, then diligence ends up being easy. Not 
you know, not something you should ever ignore because it's important, right? A seller is obviously just going to tell you what you want to hear. And in essence, what you need to do is be able to figure out, okay, like where are the skeletons in the closet? Where are the bodies buried? And only, you can only do that with your own third-party diligence. And so we have episodes specifically on how to perform proper due diligence and everything that's needed, um, but we'll cover that in future episodes. So um, the key thing that I just wanted to close on here is that focusing on any business under the sun that produces cash flow to pay for an operator is so much better because what you want to be able to do is be the orchestrator of the entire event. You don't need to be the individual running all the items. If you're trying to do that, you might as well just have a job, right? But the proper way of doing acquisition scaling and handling all the steps of a seven-figure acquisition, this will put you in a place that you can actually grow the business systematically and work on the business and not in the business. So hope that makes sense. As always, as I mentioned, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out and hope to hear from you guys soon. Take care.